Welcome to the Membership Machine Show, talking you through your membership website from initial idea all the way to finished product. Here's your host, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the Membership Membership Machine Show. This is episode 65. In this episode, we're going to be discussing everything around mobile apps. If you're looking to build a mobile app for your community website, for your membership website, this is the episode for you. I've got my colleague, Haroon. He helps WP Tonic with um, a number of the more complicated technical projects that we do for clients. He's lacking a bit bit of sleep. He's been up for days knocking out applications for clients. But he seems up for the discussion. So, Haroon, uh, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Certainly. Hello, everyone. Uh, and uh, thank you for having me on the show again, Jonathan. And uh, so I've been working in the tech industry for around 24 years now and uh, with WordPress in particular for pretty much more than half that time. I think around 16 or so, yeah. And uh, over the years, I've started, uh, I started off by just building sites, but over the years I've started to, I've like transitioned into specializing in uh, picking the right tools for uh, complex implementations, uh, different client requirements that go beyond just a brochure site or just a basic e-commerce site, along with the more complex matters like email deliverability and uh, uh, scaling and uh, whatnot. So uh, with with this sort of experience, I've pretty much uh, had a chance to play around with, you name it, every WordPress plugin out there uh, in, in one way or the other. So but that's uh, my background. I don't know how to respond to that. You've got to feel sorry for him, haven't you, listeners and viewers? Uh, Rob, like I say, in this episode, we're going to be talking about everything mobile um, connected to um, having your membership or your community website, Buddy Boss, available on the app. Um, it's a really fascinating discussion. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Tired of hosting providers that can't handle high traffic loads? Convesio is here to help. Our platform can handle any amount of traffic, all without slowdown or crashing. With immediate Slack support, performance optimization, and a team that thrives on resolving technical challenges, your e-commerce business is in safe hands. Learn more about Convesio at Convesio.com. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. I also want to point out that we've got some great special offers and a list of the best WordPress plugins if you're building a membership website or a community website on WordPress, plus services that you'd be interested in, plus some special deals from the sponsors. You can get all these goodies by going over to wp-tonic.com slash deals, wp-tonic.com slash deals and you'll find all the goodies there what more could you ask for probably a lot but that's all you're going to get from that page i'm sorry to disappoint i've made a, a career of disappointment this was abuse uh no i haven't i tried so um in the first half folks we're going to be talking about some of the process of building uh our app some of the things you might need to know when you're discussing to build an app with a, with a professional that can help you do this. And then we're going to be talking in the second half some of the solutions out there 
um, that you need to know, and I'll be getting Haroon's opinion on these different solutions. So let's start off the conversation, Haroon, with the intro. What, why do you think people um, look at getting an app for their membership, their course, or their community-based website? And what are some of the things that you think people get a bit confused about when they're doing their initial research? All right. So um, the website generally works on phones really well if it's mobile optimized for a lot of use cases. But there are certain exceptional use cases where just a mobile optimized website does not uh, offer the sort of experience that users expect on mobile. And some of those use cases, as you mentioned, are uh, LMS websites like e-learning, uh, course websites basically, and uh, social network websites and community websites. So these three uh, niches make for very, very strong cases for having uh, a specialized experience on the phone uh, rather than something that's just offered through uh, a mobile optimized version of the website. And uh, there are other users who, beyond, beyond these scopes, who think that they'd ben benefit from a, mobile web uh, from a mobile application compared to a website, but generally those cases are few and far between. For example, back in the day, several publications, uh, they tried, all of them tried launching their own apps uh, to give them more of a customized experience. but. And those turned out to be uh, what users just installed and forgot. There was a sitting there in the app drawer for the most part because uh, for publications, a web is a is a like pretty much as good as it gets platform. You don't need an app to to serve articles to serve posts. Uh, when it comes to social networking, when it comes to uh, courses, when it comes to such interactive experiences, then yes, native app can go a long way. And what what's your reaction because? I'm, I think there's these two scenarios. You've got somebody that hasn't got any experience in building a course or running a community-focused website or combining the two together, which is very popular for understandable reasons. But if they have no experience in running a community website or even a course-based um, website business, straight business, and they want to build an app straight off I encourage them to push back a little bit from that. And I think it's a great idea at the right time, but I think they're taking on too much, even if they've got the budget, they're taking on too much too soon. And then there's a the second bucket where they've got a bit of experience and they also might have an audience. Um, they've built their own tribe, as I say, um, on certain social media platforms or multiple platforms. But I still say if it's their first go, they'd be best off just concentrating on a mobile responsive website that's truly been built so it's mobile friendly and then consider app at a certain later stage, even if they've got a community. What's your response to what I've just laid out? Aaron. In the first case that you mentioned, those who are starting off, I always recommend them not to start off with an app because that is taking on a lot, as you mentioned. Uh, even if budget is not a concern, but usually for those just starting off, budget is often a concern uh, to a certain extent. But let's say even if it isn't, your first and foremost goal should be to get traction on the website to start selling on the website and uh, to to basically see that with the content that you're starting with, can you get an audience? With the community that you're starting with, can you get the engagement? And once there is a degree of engagement where you think that, hey, this business seems like it's either gotten sustainable already or it's on the trajectory of getting uh, sustainable pretty soon, then you invest in an app if it makes a good use case. 
uh, also you got to see analytics if a majority of your users are using your service on on their computers on desktop then maybe investing in an, in an app might not be that good of an idea but if a majority of them are coming from mobile and uh, if, if there's a higher drop rate from mobile compared to desktop higher bounce rate on mobile compared to desktop that means maybe the mobile experience is not uh, as optimal as it should be and in that case it could benefit from an app but beyond this there are other features of mobile apps that uh, uh, just a pure wordpress based uh, web app uh, does not either doesn't really offer or doesn't offer in an optimal way for example uh, notifications is one thing uh, in which a native app experience like push notifications a native app, app experience excels far beyond what a web based uh, app can and uh, then uh, apart from notifications there are uh, like if you're building an app natively it's just the overall uh, user experience of being in an app and speed of app launch and all of that uh, if it feels native if people using on using it on iOS uh, feel like using any other iOS app and people on Android feel like they're using any other Android app that makes it a more of an immersive experience compared to uh, web experience depending on the content of course and uh, there's also a middle ground but i think we may discuss it uh, in a bit like progressive web apps which are pwa which are neither uh, just pure website nor uh, mobile app wrappers or mobile apps so that's also a route that one could consider why right. i totally agree with you I mean, it's tricky because there there are I can see the attractions, but you've got to have a very focused and um, growing community that's really engaged in your content and engaged on a community-focused website before I feel you invest the time and money on the app. And I think if you're at that stage, your app can really benefit the experience but I get the feeling there's a few people that haven't really built that community, that engagement, that passion of the community. And they think by offering that app that that will get what I've just outlined. But I don't think it does. I think you've got to have what I've outlined before you get any benefit by investing the money, time and energy in producing the app. What do you think about what? Absolutely agreed. You keep saying that, Haroon. That's the best way to get, you know. <laughs> my ego is so weak, Haroon, that I need people to agree with me constantly. Right. Um, if, only, if only that was the truth, listeners abuse. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm a sorry man, to say the least. Uh, um, right. Let's move on because let's talk about, we are going to look at these mid mid options that Haroon, um, but in the first half, this I thought we could quickly go through if you are considering to build a native application for both Android and iOS. Um, because I think people, um, if you're going to go native, you've really got to understand if you hire an agency or a developer stroke agency to do this, what the process will be um, and why. Because I think, you know, the, the, these are going to be very, very broad strokes. But I think for any kind of app that's focused around the targets that we have outlined, if you're talking about native development, pure native development, you're talking anything starting around ten to twenty thousand up to forty plus thousand dollars. Would you agree with that? Uh, I agree, and uh, even in native, like native is used quite loosely in that regard now. Uh, so initially, there were only two types of apps. One was like purely native, written in the primary language in which. Uh, apps for that platform are written, which would be 
um, the uh, which would be Android's variant of Java for Android platforms and uh, uh, Apple's version of C for iOS. Uh, and the other option was a mobile website wrapped in a pseudo app, which is just a web view, which is like a, a, a Chrome-less view of a web browser on a phone with an icon on the home screen. By Chrome-less, I mean you wouldn't get any of the controls you'd get in a browser. Like no back button, no forward button, no address bar. Otherwise, it would just be like a browser without a user interface. So that's like just a, a web wrapper for the website uh, that turns it into a pseudo app. So previously, there were only these two options. One was native and the other was completely non-native, a wrapper around the website. But then several very smart, very clever people uh, came up with the, with the middle ground. Uh, React Native is, is an excellent, excellent, most widely used example of that. So since React is uh, a JavaScript uh, library, front-end library, that feels a lot more native than uh, the way traditional web browsing does because of how React handles uh, uh, changing states and all. Uh, it's uh, maybe I can get a bit on the tech side. So conventional JavaScript and conventional uh, web 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 applications, websites, not web applications. The way they work is you send a request to the server. The server builds up the response. It sends it to your browser, and the browser renders it. So that's like not as responsive as native apps feel. But with something like React Native, uh, all the routing, like you sending a request and then the app showing you a response, that happens on the client side, but only data requests are sent to the server behind the scenes. And then that data is brought in through API and then displayed in the app to you. So it's like a single page application uh, rather than a conventional website. And it feels a lot more responsive. And while it's bringing in data, it will still show you like a spinner or something that makes you feel like you're still engaged in the app. So uh, they, they work much, much uh, in a much more, more optimal way compared to conventional uh, web yeah. architecture. And you got and you got these three dominant JavaScript libraries. You got React, um, you got Vue, and uh, and you you got the um, the Google. Um, Angular and like yeah, that's like no one is developing in Angular anymore. Now people have primarily So you would say it's either React or Vue now, would you React say? Or Vue, yes. Yeah. Um what about the Apple language? Is I think it's Swift. Is that is that now is a more higher level, easier to use language? Are they are, are the IO iOS people using Swift to build it, or is it still um, that native form of C? Objective-C? Yeah. Uh, well, you can choose to use Objective-C, and you can choose to use Swift, and you can also choose to use uh, both of them uh, together. So, like, whatever components don't require that level of deep system-level support, you build them in Swift, and for things for which... Uh, deep hardware level support is required. You use uh, uh, Objective C, and even with Android, it's the same. Uh, you you use uh, I don't remember the name. They came up with this new language as well. yeah. They came up with all these names. So yeah. I yeah. So like you you get two options on Android as well for like deep native uh, level development. You use the uh, the cores. So would I be correct in saying that these new middle technologies that are utilizing React and JavaScript and maybe Vue as well, I've got to admit, when, when I've been messing around with these technologies, I don't know why, but I just prefer Vue. Uh, I've never been all that into React. When I was an active developer, I got into development through action scripting, um, through Flash, and then... I was actively involved in making my living when you had the you didn't have these JavaScript libraries and you had you had different DOMs for Explorer for it was a nightmare. But it yeah. kept me busy. It kept me busy. Um, um employed, put it that way, to some extent. Um so these these um JavaScript, um, I think there's 
they've made it a little, depending what you're looking for, they've made it a little bit easier to develop apps. Am I correct? Much, much easier, much easier. And uh, since WordPress uh, launched its uh, REST API, which it has been enhancing over time, and uh, it has been extended to uh, a lot of the WordPress plugin ecosystem, for example, uh, WooCommerce has it, uh, um, LearnDash has it, um, BuddyBoss has it. So with REST API, it's now possible to uh, completely decouple your WordPress backend from any frontend. So your, your, your website could be built in React and then you can use that same React code base to build your mobile app as well. That way you can have highly responsive uh, web experiences on, uh, on, on the desktop and a similar highly responsive but more customized experience in a native app uh, on, uh, on mobile. So uh, REST API has provided, uh, like it, it has basically boosted the um, app creation ecosystem in WordPress because previously, before REST API, what you had to do to get uh, data from WordPress into a web app was pretty much always installing a plugin of the app provider on WordPress and then uh, that plugin would have its own uh, sort of way to communicate data required from WordPress to uh, send it over to the app and that wasn't a standardized way. That wasn't uh, the way REST, REST APIs are a standard, they're a global standard. But those methods were like all their, their internal methods. The source code uh, would be like partly available, partly... Yeah, you've got to be very cautious, haven't you? Because yeah. you could spend a lot of money, they could go out of business. Yeah. Yes. You've got I, problems, haven't you? Limitations. Because you would be stuck with whatever that provider... Uh, whatever data that provider lets you uh, bring from the WordPress backend into the app frontend because you were entirely dependent on what they had built. Uh, they weren't utilizing standard WordPress APIs. Nor could you write your own extension to WordPress API and have that available in the app because there was no way of standardized, no standardized way of writing such APIs. Now you can write your own REST endpoints for pretty much anything in WordPress. You install a plugin, and that plugin doesn't have its own REST API. You just write a custom plugin, you write your own API endpoints and they're available for you to use anywhere using a very standardized method. All right. So before we go for a half-time break, folks, um, so if you're, if you're going to develop something that truly native or you're going to utilize these JavaScript platforms, libraries, um, there's, there's like, Four step, four main steps. You've got to have that. This is why you hire somebody. And first of all, you've got to work out what kind of technology level is appropriate for and what is technically possible. And then, depending on your requirements, you can work out different price points um, and which functions are crucial to be part of the app and which ones are aspirational and maybe can be left to a later stage because you don't necessarily have to have everything built in straight away. But that's also dependent on having somebody who understands um, the technology so you're not forced into a dead end. So you partially build something and then you want some additional functionality and you find that you was built on something that won't let you actually do that, and then you probably will go from the beginning of the game that spent another load of money. Um, so start from scratch then, yeah. Yeah. So the planning process, I've just outlined part of the planning process, and then you've got the actual, the look, the, um, the mechanics, how people are going to utilise the app, and used to most people in the early days, the days that when I was active, because um, I had some coding ability and also my degree is in graphic design and my MA is in that as well. Um, 
you used to have to hire somebody in Photoshop to do the mock-ups. This was quite tedious. What people now tend to do, folks, is they utilise something like Figma. But then there's some people that don't even utilise something like Figma or Adobe XD. Um, I think Adobe XD is a similar competitor to Figma. And what Figma does, folks, it allows you to design roughly the buttons, the layout of the app, and you can actually make the buttons, the interaction semi-live. So you can link things and see the flow of the app. And you can do a similar thing with Adobe XD, but um, Adobe have just announced they were going to buy Figma and that wasn't allowed by the American and European um, authorities. And lately Adobe has announced that they're no longer going to be allowing new people to sign up for Adobe XD. So the real gorilla in this is Figma. But now there's a lot of app developers that don't even use Figma. They use something like Tailwind, which is a kind of CSS library Mm -hmm. that has kits, that has buttons, and they build a kind of web app kind of setup with Tailwind um, to do the mock-ups. Would you agree with what I've just outlined, Aaron? Yes. And uh, I'm really impressed by my level of knowledge, Harry. Oh, yes. You've been around for quite a while. You know a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I just make out I'm an idiot. Uh, it suits my, um, my deviousness that people always underestimate me, see, Harry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, coming to the subject of uh, uh, starting off with uh, mock-ups. Um, yeah, Figma has over the past few years, primarily over the past three to four years, it has sort of pretty much uh, become industry standard. Yeah. Uh, the way uh, Adobe Illustrator has become industry standard over the years. Um, similarly, Figma is like, in fact, Illustrator does have better competitors. Figma has just pretty much blown everything. I think it's got about 80 to almost 90% of the market oh, yes. now, isn't it? Oh, yes. But it came on my radar, there's people that are not even using Figma anymore. Yeah. It's like they use this, they came on my radar. It looks quite nice, actually, this CSS framework called Tailwind. Yeah. Tailwind. It looks quite tasty, actually. Tailwind is used uh, by pretty much... A vast majority of of modern developers, especially those building in modern JavaScript based stacks, so since they're gonna build uh, their uh, build the final app using like start the final app using Tailwind, they decide we might as well start off with it. But for me personally, main difference is uh, the main main advantage of tools like Figma is they provide you with a bird's eye view of the entire canvas where you have everything laid out next to each other. And you 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 can see uh, you know a, a holistic view before you get into the nitty gritty of implementing each view. I totally agree with you. I don't know if I'm slightly old school, but I just feel Figma. I would still want to build it in Figma rather. Than, but I understand these kind of snobby digital developer types that want want to do it straight into Tailwind. Yeah. I know because you know the type I'm talking about, don't you? I do. Because otherwise, you might as well just uh, like build websites straight in WordPress without having their design either. Because there are wireframe kits available for pretty much every WordPress tool uh, page builder. Uh, You can use Elementor's wireframe kits, Divi's wireframe kits. There are ones available for Bricks as well to directly start designing in your your builder. But still, if you want to get a holistic view of everything beforehand, and that's a good idea. Because then afterwards, the only task is you just focus on translating that into the actual app, the actual website, rather than making decisions on how everything is going to be. So those decisions need to be on the whiteboard. And speaking of whiteboard, and other than Figma, there's one that I still prefer. It's it's like one of my most favorite... Uh, sketch? Are you using Sketch? Who's not Sketch. Balsamic. Oh, yes, I, I started, that, that's been around for a long time. I've actually got a lifetime license. I haven't touched it because 
I just mess around with my own projects now. I don't inflict myself upon right. poor clients. That would be cruelty, wouldn't it, uh, Arun? Uh, um, so, <laughs> Balsarek is it's like, a, a, it's especially considering they have a desktop app. So you don't really need to uh, be limited to the number of designs being offered in your plan. You can just install it the old school way on your computer and, and uh, just build with it without having to worry about a SaaS subscription. And uh, it's just all lo-fi mockups. You don't have to worry about building the final design in it. And it also does have interactions. I mean, not as uh, deep interactions, as rich interactions as something like uh, Axior RP. That's something that we're going to discuss as well. But still, it does have pretty good interactions at a, at a very basic level. So... We're just giving you a layout, folks, about the actual process, why it's expensive if you're going totally native. We're going to go now for our midway break, folks, and in the second half, we're going to be talking about some more um, more cost-effective solutions um, out there if you haven't got this from ten to $40,000 in your back pocket. Um, So keep listening, watching, and we'll be back in a few moments, folks. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS, the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to LifterLMS.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code PODCAST20. That's PODCAST20. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back. I'm keeping Haroon awake. I think I've done a reasonable job. I think he just wants to go to bed and have a sleep. But I think you're last to the end of the show. And then he's got a quick chat. He's got a quick chat with me afterwards, but I'll I'll try and keep it quick as well. I have another meeting after the chat with the US. Well, before I get a chance to. Oh dear, I'm not sure you're going to last it actually. But there we go. Um, So before, um, so before we move on into the second part of the show, folks, I just want to point out if you're looking to have your membership, your learning management system or your community website on WordPress, and I think you should do for the flexibility and digital sovereignty that it provides. Why don't you look at WB Tonic as your partner? We've got people like Haroon and other key team members with enormous experience that can help you build this out. Plus, we offer superb hosting and a lot, lot more. So go over to wp-tonic.com. Have a look at what we offer. It's fabulous value. And then book a chat with me. What more could you ask for? Having a little chat with me. Yes, don't run away too quick, folks. Keep listening to the end of the show. So, on to some of the kind of solutions that kind of seem to offer kind of different levels of customizations. Some some levels where you can just change the colors, some basic layouts. Others get close to the full flexibility of a full custom. There's a lot of in-between here. Um, so let's start off with number one on my list, and it's App My Site. WordPress to App Plans. Got a free, got a starter at 19, a pro at 29. And at a premium at 49, I don't know too much about this. First of all, do you, Arun? And secondly, if you do, what's your thoughts about App My Site? What do our beloved listeners and viewers need to know about this solution, Arun? So, uh, the last time I checked it out, they had, uh, they were like pretty much based on, uh, 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 wrapping your mobile, the mobile version of your uh, site into a wrapper and adding some progressive web app features like notifications, like offline viewing and whatnot. So 
Uh, I'm not sure if they've uh, moved beyond that so far, but uh, I mean, it's it's got. When I last checked it out, it had nothing on uh, what what you could do with a with a custom build or the some of the other options available uh, these days. So the pricing looks reasonably attractive, but what yeah. you're saying, but what you what you're probably wanting to do by going down this journey, you 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 seem to be think saying that it, it's not on the top of your list of possible oh, solutions. All right. Yeah. I I think they don't get a top star, folks. Arun was not that impressed. So let's move on to. Um, I actually have um, interviewed both of the key individuals of the next solution, but I also on the forums that I follow, I, I've seen people saying that at press there is no longer actively being developed. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but like I say, it was about three or four years ago I interviewed both of the key um, founders of it. Where are we with that press? Is it semi-dormant or is it still quite active? And it starts standard starts at 79, professional 99. I did check the prices. I went to the websites and advanced 149. Is it kind of semi-dormant? And what's your views of that presser? I wouldn't call it semi-dominant, but compared to uh, what we have uh, up next, um, yeah, it, it hasn't been as active, as alive, as uh, uh, like as innovative, if you will. But still, instead of using just a standard web view wrapper, they have like their own custom wrapper, uh, which is still a wrapper around the mobile side, but they're also uh from from uh, the last time i checked it out they also have certain requirements of setting things up a specific way in wordpress that further optimizes the experience so it's not exactly native but it's not simply a wrapper put around the 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 website either and then they've got their own plugin their own functions that uh, enhance it beyond what just a plain old web view wrapper does yeah, so what I think you're saying in layman's terms, it's a more advanced solution than at my site. Um, it's got, I, I think I, I get the impression you're warming to it a bit more of the price level. And um, the actual developers behind it, the two individuals have got their names, they've got a long history in WordPress and a, and a decent reputation. So I've, to summarise, I think it's something that you might, you won't say to people that they shouldn't look at it. They just need to check it over and make sure it's, I think you warm to it slightly more than at my site, which isn't saying too much because you, I didn't get a lot of warmth from you about that first solution. On to the next one, Buddy Bossack. Buddy Boss app, yes. It's you got to you um, basically um, they provide a web based um, community solution. It's the best offering in the WordPress space. I think it goes head to head on website with um, Circle or um, um, what's the other one? Oh, my mind's gone back, gone blank. Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks. That's right. Goes head to head with Mighty Networks and Circle. Circles are kind of a bit of a hybrid because they've pitched it as integrating with your WordPress website. Like literally, um, I'm not a great fan of that concept in some ways, but I'm not a great fan of Mighty Networks because like all SaaS solutions, you just got to um, adapt your business model to their platform. With BuddyBoss, it's the opposite. You it can be adapted so it fits your business model to some extent. So yes. how, what, how well have they done this? Because it's been an ongoing process. I think they've been at it for two to three years. They do it in batches. You've got to apply and then you've got to cough up almost $2,000 up front. And then it's a it's a hundred and seventy nine. And then if you want full customization, that's on 
that's on an individual quotation basis. Yes. Yes. So um what did how have they done this? What are they what kind of technologies are they if you know, Haroon, what technologies have they utilized to actually do this? So far, they have done a better job at it than any other, to my knowledge. And uh, they have uh, brilliantly uh, built an experience that feels very native, that uh, is highly responsive, and that integrates with, I think, integrates by not just uh, showcasing a, a, a mobile-optimized version of the site within a wrapper, but rather actually a custom interface and a polished custom interface for tools like WooCommerce, uh, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, LearnDash, and several other major plugins from the WordPress ecosystem. So they've done a brilliant job at it, and it's very actively developed as well. So they keep on adding features, they keep on enhancing integrations, and they also let you build uh, um, certain modules on the site uh, that can then be served in the app in a way that they're optimized for the app rather than optimized for the site and then just served in the app. So um, there's room for for custom views as well, uh, like completely custom views that are nat native in the app. Which is great, and excuse me, he's dying on his folks. Okay, and when it comes to the service, the the done for you service. So if you get their basic setup, which is like none for you, but uh, just this the standard done for you that is a like cookie cutter setup for all of the clients with limited customizations like your branding and all and your required features, but nothing beyond the features that they already offer. Um, then, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good deal. But when you, when or if you decide to go beyond that, you have a lot of custom uh, work done on your website. You have a lot of custom plugins that may not be natively uh, supported. Then, firstly, the waiting list. Uh, it's quite a long waiting list for any features that you need done beyond their standard cookie cutter setup. And uh, that could be a, like getting done from them could be more of a hit or miss because I think it makes more business sense for them to uh, sell for $5,000 a done for you service, which is just replicable. They do the same thing for every client. They've got staff trained to do the same thing in the minimum amount of time and effort because they're so used to the workflow compared to even getting $20,000 paid for one client's extra custom work that is specific to that one client, that is not going to be replicable at scale to the next uh, thousand clients uh, because that would be a unique requirement. Maybe 20% of those requirements would be replicable to some other clients, maybe 30%, even 50%. It just makes more business sense for them to focus on that $5,000 done for you plan. And that's why uh, my clients availed uh, that service beyond just the basic none for you uh, they haven't been very happy with it yeah I think you, I think you're best to go to a, another agency if you want yes to really custom then approaching buddy boss might not like this I have a reasonably good relationship with them um, I don't want to upset yeah. um, but I think they're um, if you just want some minor customizations from their standard product, it is quite good value compared because Mighty Network, you've got all the problems of a SaaS. Um, like I say, you've got to fit your business in the confinement of what Mighty Networks has to offer. Um, and their custom solution, which means that the other solutions look quite attractive, but they have all their branding all over it. Um, you can only go to the most higher level, which is quotation only. And I just got the impression from Mighty Networks, their quotation is whatever their salespeople think you can afford. <laughs> I might be wrong there. Because uh, I've got You're right. all different quotes, very similar um, customizations and 
it's hearing from 20 to 40 to 60. It's been all over the place. Um, so I have my suspicions, but it's just my opinion. Mighty networks, please do not sue me. Uh, um, so, because it's not worth it, I haven't got the money. So, um, <laughs> let's go to last, let's go uh, to um, second to last. And I'm actually interviewing the founder, not on this podcast, on my other podcast, the WP Tonic Show. I'm interviewing him in April. And this came on my um, radar a couple of months ago. And it's, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Moby, Moby Eld? Moby? Um, Moby Loud. Yeah. Loud, yeah. I'm struggling there. This looks really interesting. Yes. Actually, um, startup 350, growth, growth 650. They charge 1500 setup fee. So it's a bit more, a little bit more expensive than Buddy Boss, but they you can have it just with Learn Dash Lifter, or you can just have it with Buddy Boss, or you can have it with Learn Dash and Buddy Boss. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about this? Because uh, and have you got any experience on on generally? What's your views about this? So I haven't had any experience with it, but I've gone through their website, and it seems like. Firstly, I've, I've been impressed with the design of the website, the way they've presented all the features, the content seems very polished. And uh, uh, as per their claim, the app is native. It's not just a, a, a wrapper around uh, a basic um, uh, like a mobile optimized version of the site. And it's, it's not just a web view solution, basically. Uh, it is still built around, like, built around the data that it's already there in your site, but it's it's like a native experience, more of a done for you custom service rather than just a cookie cutter web. How can I do it for these prices, though? Well, there are going to be limitations to the done for you level. Just the way Buddy Boss has productized the the done for you service in a in a standardized way. And they do give an extensive, de- you click an arrow and they give a very extensive yeah. list of what the difference between the 350 and the 650 and what you can actually yeah. do and get, don't they? So they have spent time. So like you say, you are correct. Um, I'll be interested to see what he's got to say. And um, you want to look on that interview on your radar, right, folks, and you definitely want to subscribe to my WP Tonic Show. Let's go on to the custom app development. Um, I think we touched upon that. I think there's a lot of agencies and individuals. I think you've got to be very, do not, first of all, do not go for the cheapest price. Definitely don't go with that. And you definitely um, want to do your research and but on the other hand, I just wouldn't approach every everybody and just take their quotation on the face value. I do think you want two to three quotations and have a couple discussions with the people. Obviously, you can't keep asking people questions because um and the other thing is is gonna be extra the thing I want you to point out here and get your feedback, Karun, is you really probably going to have to hire somebody to work with you to get a specification sheet, um, then to get some quotations. Because if you don't have the specifics worked out, what you're looking for, you're just going to get very wide estimates thrown at you and you won't be able to judge what is good value and what, what, somebody really is serious about building your app or make any kind of educated judgment call if you're just got a list of very generalities that you're looking for and you haven't really got a, a list of specific functionality and things you're looking for. What's your reaction to what I've just outlined, Haru? Yes, because... At the start, an entrepreneur, especially inexperienced, relatively inexperienced entrepreneur might think that 
I've got the exact idea in my mind of how I want my app to look, how I want my app to perform. But I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate their passion. But that may not translate well to what users would use. What you what would give users a great experience? What would retain users? What would engage users? So that's why you need someone who's been in the industry, who's uh, done it for others, who've seen what works, what doesn't work, to actually work with you to not bring the exact vision of how your app would work that you have in your mind to life, but rather the vision of how you want your business to grow to life. Vision of how you, what sort of a service, what sort of a product that you want to offer to your customers, how you want to retain and engage customers, bring that to life. So you need someone like that. And especially for inexperienced founders who are a bit overambitious, someone would save you from making decisions that are going to end up costing you more in the long run. Uh, You you need someone on board with that sort of background. Uh, That's why it's important to have an expert on board from the very start to make sure that whatever you invest, it gives you a positive ROI. It it gets spent in the right direction. So what I'm really saying, folks, is it might be a good idea just to find somebody that can be your consultant and tell them that you're going to go to agency and just to be there as your technical advisor um, and get a third party to build it out. But you are going to need some technical um, info, even if you go to some of the low-level solutions that we've outlined in this podcast. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up because Haroon might collapse on me. No, he's been fine, actually. Uh, um, I think it's been an interesting discussion. Um, If you need any more advice, you can go to the WP Tonic website. I'm also going to ask Haroon what's the best way to contact him. And if you you choose, you can also contact Haroon directly. Um, So, Haroon, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to, Haroon? You can visit my website at hqraja, H-Q-R-A-J-A dot com. And uh, you can reach out to me uh, using the contact form at the website or you can find me on social media. I'm HQ Raja on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, so feel free to connect. If you need any of my services, I'd be happy to help. That's fine. Or you can go to the WP Tonic website and not to say you can book a free chat with me. We'll be back next week with another great subject, technical or general marketing all around membership, building a community website. So you can build a fabulous business in 2024 um, for yourself and for your family. We will be back soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Membership Machine Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a rating to support the show. Until next time.